It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan to day for peace of mind visit pdcenterlv.com rob ritchie farmers insurance 702-335-5744 702-335-5744 laborers union 872 the builders of allegiance stadium and the las vegas ballpark home of the aviators promodirect.com use k-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. That's right. Just past 8 p.m., you are tuned in to SportsX Radio live here on 101.5 FM KDON and streaming live worldwide on the Odyssey app. We are coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. The we that I am referring to is my co-host this evening, none other than Ian Bradford, and our producer, Mark Hoke of The Mark Hoke Show. Fellas, how are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm really excited to get into the topics that we have, Ray, for our listeners tonight. Mark, we got some stuff we're going to talk with you about as well, which is a little bit different from what we talk about just sports because this is a sport as well. But how are you doing, my guy? You good tonight? I'm conscious. 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 It's been a long, uh, long day. Decided to do a little Uber driving at four this morning. That does not sound like a lot of fun. Four Uh, in the morning. It was fun. Hey, you know what? When the money goes in the pocket, it's fun. But if it's four in the morning, the day after Easter, you have to have some characters, right, coming through? No. No, actually, pretty normal. Really? Yeah. Okay. Everybody thinks, you know, there are crazy things that happen in Uber. I've, I, I, only, <laughs> I bet. I, I've only been flashed once. Okay, interesting. Only had one possible encounter happening in a backseat. Okay. You know, but otherwise, generally pretty normal. I, I try to stay away from the 2 a.m. nonsense. Any special request? Hey, can you take me to this spot by the alley? Just don't leave and leave it going? Oh. Any any of those good, you know, good requests? I, I never kiss and tell my friends. <sighs> okay, we'll talk about it off the air. Then. Yeah, that's fine. But by the way, um, <laughs> by the way, Ian's doing very well with that hat. Oh, just because it's an Eagles hat. Look at that. Yeah, exactly. Come because on. it's an Eagles hat. Oh, my God. And we're going to mention the Eagles later on here today, which is we crazy because these guys have. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We've got to talk some NFL later, okay. right? Some guys moving around, you know, some things happen in the league. But we greatly appreciate everyone that's a part of the show tonight. Our guy, Ken Thompson, is taking the night off. He said, Jose, Ian, why don't you guys jump in with Mark and get the show going? So we decided to do that for him. We greatly appreciate him for letting us hop behind the mic and grace the audience with our presence tonight. Now, Ian, we got a lot to talk about. But before we do so, we have a little bit something that. Our guy Mark is going to talk about, as Ken talks about on every single show. But, Mark, if you please do so, we appreciate you. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, you know. That. You know, the, the thing that I'm supposed to have up on my screen that I wasn't quite ready for? I mean, that one, but, uh, sometimes but, it works, you know yeah, what I mean? But, but now I'm ready. No. Are you? I am. You know, because 
you know, I want to feel good. You guys all want to feel good. Everybody out there wants to feel good. Always. Y'all want to be around for a long time. But let right? them know what we have to do to continue well, to feel good. Well, here it is. You know, you want to go to the Preventive Diagnostic Center. Your health and the health of those you love has never been more important. It's on our minds, so get peace of mind when you visit Preventative Diagnostic Center. They have the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease. Call Preventative Diagnostic Center now to schedule your free educational consultation at 702-534-7900, 702-534-7900. Tell them Ken Thompson from SportsX Radio sent you. He did his scan. He's glad he did. Got information on his heart and overall health that he never would have known. The comfortable scan only takes minutes, and he got a detailed report from a bird. A bird. No, he didn't get it from a bird. He got it from a board-certified radiologist. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> you mean a little birdie came and told him that message? Yeah, something like that. Though. Well, and and another great thing is if you have a spouse or a significant other, they're free. Free. I, they've lost their minds. Free 99. You can't beat that. Go as a couple. Take the one you love to get answers before there are signs or symptoms. You'll both get a heart CT scan with calcium score for only $125, and that's a 600 value per person, but you only pay 125 bucks. Early detection's key. Get peace of mind when you take charge of your health. Call Preventative Diagnostic Center today, 9 at uh, 702-534-7900, 702-534-7900. Tell them Ken Thompson sent you, and watch out for the birds. Preventative Diagnostic See, Center. There you go. It, it is hard to going? say. It. it is hard. It is. I'm no, it's to not. It. I just That's suck tonight. <laughs> no, you don't. It's all good, but... Definitely get yourself checked out, guys. Listen to what Mark is saying. Listen to what Ken says every single. No matter what it is, no matter your age, please get checked out. I'm 39 years old, and I'm to the point now where I realize my body isn't what it was when I was 19, 20. You know, things have happened to me. Things change. So just go out there and take care of yourself. If you're married, take your wife with you. If you have a girlfriend, take her with you as well. Make sure you guys get checked out, and everything is good there. Now, aside from our helps, which so far, we're good. We're alive. We're breathing. Thank God we're here. We have a lot to talk about today. We have football here in Vegas, Ian. We have football all over the U.S. right now going on. And what I mean by that, not necessarily being played, but transactions, conversations, a bunch of things are going on in the background with the XFL, the USFL right around the corner, NFL not too far away from that draft. So we have a lot of things coming up in the football side of things, right? Our guests later on tonight after our first break, we're going to be joined by Dean Blandino, Vice President of Officiating and Rules Innovation for the XFL. If you guys know Dean, former referee, also was on the committee and was the main guy with the NFL for about five or six years after he stopped being on the field. He's still with Fox Sports as an analyst in the booth, so you can definitely see him all there. If you guys watch the football games, you already know what it's about. There's so many different things going on right now in the XFL with the rules and the changes and all that stuff that's going on that's also being used in the NFL. So, Ian, I know you have a lot to talk about with Dean. I have some questions to ask him as well. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get into some scores here in MLB. Obviously, MLB season is back. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay winning one nothing, beating Boston. Thank you. I'm a Yankee fan, so anytime Boston loses, I love that. But here's the thing, Ian. Tampa Bay now 10-0 to start the season, okay? Granted, Mark just said it. They played Detroit, 
and another team that will stay nameless to start the season. So you basically extended your spring training, right? But you got to win these games regardless of the fact. Dodgers on the road, 4-1 right now in the sixth inning, beating the San Francisco Giants. White Sox go on the road, beat the Minnesota Twins, 4-3 final there. New York Yankees lose on the road to the Cleveland Guardians, 3-2. That's going to be a good one. A lot of stuff going on in Cleveland, New York sports right now as well. Oakland losing to Baltimore on the road. Oakland is just bad. Mark, we talked about it earlier. You mentioned how the announcers are basically I, just digging I, I, it up and saying the season's over. I could not believe what I was hearing. <laughs> Look, we all know, everybody knows that Oakland has a very bad, bad yes. baseball team this year. But I'm sitting there listening and cheering for my Orioles, and I couldn't help but notice that they were enjoying the Orioles. They weren't enjoying their own team. The announcers <laughs> were just like, eh? The post-game show, oh, these guys again. I'm like, oh, my God. Watch it tomorrow because the Orioles will beat them again, yeah. and they're going to be really sad. I mean, it, that sucks when you're two weeks into the season, and, yeah, you've pretty much just said, let's go Ron Burgundy and just get the get the booze out. So here's the thing. We were going to talk baseball later, right? I wanted to talk some NBA and get into that with the play-in game starting tomorrow and all that, but we've already jumped into the baseball, so let's just talk that real quick. Guys. Absolutely. I, I, I do have a few questions for both of you. I want to get your thoughts on some of these things. So far with the way the season has been, we're seeing games going from close to three hours, sometimes more, that have been cut down. I believe there was a game that was an hour and 45 minutes this season, which is insane. I'll let Mark go first. How do you feel about the times, how they've tried to basically pull everything back and make it a lot faster? I think as a fan, I don't like it if I'm going to a game, right? That's what it's all about, being at the ballpark, hanging out. Baseball is one of the biggest social sports, in my opinion, that you can just go to a game, talk to whoever you want, and you hear the bat, and that's when you look up. You don't necessarily have to follow the game. They've taken that away a little bit from the fans that go to the games. Now, it's making it better for the fans at home to watch it now, though, because it's not as, quote-unquote, boring. Do you like it, Mark, or should we go back to the way it was? Uh, I'm kind of glad a lot of the histronics are gone. You know, I mean, it it does cut out a lot of the nonsense and the rituals that everybody has. Um, you know, as as a purist, eh, you know. But one thing, but I will say this: it's it's very important in terms of a televised sport to know about when the game's going to end. And I I ran into when I coached volleyball. You know, when I first started coaching and playing, I, we had side out scoring, so not every point, every play scored a point. But when we switched to rally score. It took those matches that could go four to five hours and you'd never know when they were going to end <laughs> to, yeah, it's going to be over in two, two and a half hours if it goes five games. And you know that. You know that. And I think that that, that is really important for television, especially in today's age, because people just don't have patience. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it, I think. As long as people aren't, you know, getting called out for dumb stuff or there's a third strike or Manny Machado's flipping his lid, you know, it's, it's okay. What you think, Ian? I, I think it's good in the long run, but, like, right now, I think it takes a little bit of the nuance, the art of, like, pitching mm-hmm. out of it a little bit, uh, base running out of it a little bit. But I think as players get used to the rule a little bit more and kids start growing up with that rule in mind, that we're going to see it kind of fade where it's, like, not necessarily a bad thing, right? It'll speed up the game. The producers will know when the game ends, like you said, and exactly that at home now is going to entice people to a little bit watch it a little bit more because it's not they don't have to dedicate 
a huge portion of their day to it, they can say, okay, I know the game's going to end before here. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm going to watch this amount of time. I don't know, man. I'll be honest with you. I think it's good both ways, um, but it all depends on what type of baseball fan you are. Like I was saying earlier, you're someone that goes to these games or you're a big proponent of watching it from a home. You know, I know people that won't go to a ballpark. They don't want to spend the money. They think the food is too expensive, which I get. Some people think that $10 for a hot dog is a lot. When you're out at a sporting event, it really isn't too bad. You know, depending on where you're going, what stadium, what city, things of that nature. But I understand where baseball is coming from. Look at what all the other sports are doing. There's sports that have surpass baseball as America's quote-unquote pastime. In my opinion, maybe some hardcore baseball fans will disagree, like our guy Evan, but I think baseball is no longer America's pastime. Now, a lot of people say, oh, it's football, oh, it's basketball, oh, it's now soccer because it's coming up. I don't think we have a legit one, if I'm being honest with you. I think it's gotten to the point where all of the sports have caught up, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that. Baseball is not just the place where Americans or America's pastime, and that's all we want and that's all we care about. Ratings are through the roof everywhere else in other sports. We're going to talk about the NBA after our break in a little while. The NBA also, record numbers in attendance this year broke a lot of things that they haven't had in a while due to COVID and other things. So it's yet to be seen if this baseball thing is going to work out or not. It's making games fun, though. Because you're seeing some pitchers that are doing funny <laughs> stuff, you know, and it, it gets to the point where you're looking at the umpire like, okay, you want me to go? I'm going to go. And then the batters aren't ready, and then it's causing controversy. So it's going to be fun and interesting to see how it ends up playing out. I don't think it's going to hurt MLB whatsoever. At the end of the day, I don't think they're going to lose any fans by it. If I'm being honest, I think it'll stay the same. I think it was a necessary move, like you said, to engage viewers for the long term. Because, like you said, all these other sports are now catching up to the viewership. I mean, you had the the NCAA uh, women's tournament that – championship that got more views than World Series sometimes. So it was breaking all types of records. I think it was close to 10 million viewers. So we have – viewership coming up i think this was a necessary move to engage long term once again you are tuning in to sports six radio live here on k don 101.5 fm also streaming live on the odyssey app wherever you want to listen to us worldwide completely free cannot complain free 99 is great but once again guys jose v ian bradford our guy mark hoke we are coming to you live from psbr law studios here in las vegas nevada After the break, which we're going to be taking here shortly, we're going to have Dean Blandino from the XFL joining us on the phone line, talking a little bit about some of these XFL rules. Ian, I'm looking at them right now. I have them all up. Like I said, I didn't have them all modified or in my mind. I didn't go through them throughout the whole season. I've just been going through it as game by game. But the last couple weeks, we've seen some more games with some of the rules that we haven't been able to see. So we have a lot to talk about with Dean. We are going to get with him. Right after the break, once again, Jose V, Ian Bradford, Mark Hoke. You are tuning to SportsX Radio Live here on 101.5 FM in Las Vegas. We'll be right back. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. That's right. Jose V, Ian Bradford, Mark Hoke. You are tuning to SportsX Radio Live here from Las Vegas, Nevada, from the PSPR Law Studios, 101.5 FM, K-Don, and streaming live worldwide on the Odyssey app. Download it today. It's completely free, free 99. You cannot complain about that. Now, we have our guest on the line. First time we have him here on SportsX Radio on the show with us. He is none other than Dean Blandino of the XFL, Vice President of Officiating and Rules and Innovation. 
Dean, thank you so much for giving us a few moments of your time. How you doing out there tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Awesome, awesome, man. We're, we're we're honored to have you on the show, especially with this being the you know season one, as a lot of people are calling now with the XFL coming back, and so many different rules that are out there that some people are, are mocking on social media. Oh, the NFL needs to take notes from the XFL, but yet there's still a lot of people that don't know that a lot of these rules that you guys are trying out are for the NFL, right? Sure. Yeah, we've got a great great relationship with the NFL, and a lot of these rules I spent a long time with the NFL in the officiating department. So been to a ton of competition committee meetings, uh, league meetings, things like that, where they talk about different things. And a lot of the rules that we implemented back in 2020 and, and kept for the 2023 season are things that the NFL has looked at. Some teams have proposed some of these changes. And I think it's something that, that the NFL will continue to look at as, uh, as we continue to, to move forward. So you, you mentioned the partnership. How has that been working so far? Because I know it's not a full partnership like with players and this and that with the NFL, but there's a lot with the rules. How has that worked out with you guys so far? Sure. Yeah, we've got a lot of communication, whether it's, whether it's rules or testing. They're actually talking to us about maybe testing some new technologies that, that the NFL is looking at. And it's just the relationships. It's having good relationships uh, within the league. And it's really been a, a great a great opportunity for our coaches and players and our officials because most of our game officials are part of the NFL's development program. So when the NFL has openings in the league, they pull from this pool of officials, and the majority of our officials are in that program. So this is giving them additional snaps, additional opportunities to get better, and for the NFL, more opportunities to not just scout players, um, but to Scott officials as well. So it's been, a, it's been a really just a win-win on both sides. Dean Blandino joining us here on SportsX Radio. Uh, our, our guy Ian here also has a few questions for you that he wanted to run by you. So, Dean, there's a lot of crossover, like you said, between the NFL and the XFL. Uh, how does the XFL handle video review differently from the NFL? And what, are those, like, what do you like about that versus the NFL? Yeah, one of the things with the XFL, the it's closer to college in that every play, we're, we're in the command center, so I have a team in the command center, and we're looking at every play. And anything that's reviewable like we're used to, whether it's catch, no catch, or, or a goal line play or a fumble play, those are all things that we're looking at. And, and we're able to stop the game and correct something if we have an issue. But we've also given the coaches one challenge during the game where they can challenge anything, any, any officiating decision, any ruling, they can challenge that. And this is something that really has never been done before at any level of football, where if a coach thinks that a flag should have been thrown for holding, they can challenge that. If they got called for pass interference and they don't think it was a foul, they can challenge that. So we're doing that and we're giving our coaches that opportunity to, if they think there's a mistake, you know, involving officiating, they can, they can challenge it. And, and if it's there, we'll correct it. So that that's different from the NFL. The other thing that I think the fans have really enjoyed is the transparency. So if you watch an XFL game, you're going to see the process. You're going to see us working through the process in the command center. You're going to be able to listen in. So there's really no, there's no secrets. You may not agree with the ultimate decision every time, but you're going to know what went into the decision. You're going to be able to listen and hear us talking through our, our, our process to try to try to get to the, the, the right outcome. And, and I think that's something that, you know, the NFL doesn't give 
give you that that level of transparency, and we really hope that that's something fans enjoy, and maybe the NFL does start to implement more of that. So, Dean, there is one rule that I wanted to talk to you about that we finally saw this season with the Vipers going into overtime, and we saw the three overtime scoring rounds per team. That was a bit confusing to me. I kind of felt like I was watching an NHL hockey game and we were going into shootouts. You know what I mean? That's kind of the, the feel that I got to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the idea. I think it makes for the overtime a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. But how did that one rule come about instead of just having a normal overtime? Yeah, that goes back when we when we were looking at putting in the rules for the 2020 season. We talked to a lot of different people, coaches, players, fans. And one of the things we kept hearing is that fans really, they want both teams to get the football, right? We've heard that with the NFL. The NFL has changed their overtime rules over the years. And they wanted each team to have have the ball and not have a situation where one team could get the ball, score, and the game would be over and the other team didn't get an opportunity. So that's where it kind of started. And, and we felt like it would be great to just have almost, like you said, like hockey, the shootout, or soccer penalty kicks where each team just alternates and you're going to get, you're going to get equal opportunities and we're going to do a minimum of, of three. And if we have a winner after three game over, if not, we'll continue until we get a winner. And what was interesting is we didn't have an overtime game in 2020. We actually didn't have one through the first seven weeks of this season. And then we get two on back-to-back days um, this past weekend. So it was great to see it. And it's something that we'll look at, you know, once we get, now we've got a, a couple of games, with overtime, we can take that into the offseason and say, okay, do we need to tweak this? What can we do to make it even better? Now, Dean, in the I know I keep on going back between the NFL and the XFL, but it's relating to the XFL. So with the NFL looking at so many uh, kickoff returns and the safety yeah. of that, there's a huge change with the XFL and how you operate. Can you please explain kickoff rules for our listeners and what you like about that? I love the I love the XFL kickoff because going in the goal, like you said, the the NFL the kickoff return has had a higher rate of injury over over the course of of the last I don't know how many years, but that's been the case. And so the, the NFL has looked at limiting the number of kick returns, right? They've moved the, the spot of the kick up. You, you have the, the, the touchback is now the 25, things like that. So you're, you're trying to create less returns. We felt we wanted more returns, but we wanted to make the play safer. And so two things, we wanted to, we wanted to eliminate the long run, right? The high speed collisions that can happen on a kickoff we wanted it to look and feel more like a regular scrimmage play. So you've got 10 players on the kicking team that are at the, at the 35 yard line and 10 players from the receiving team are on the 30 yard line. So they're only five yards apart and the ball is kicked and the play doesn't start until the, the returner actually touches the football. And at that point, both teams can leave their line and then it just becomes a closer play where they're not these long run-ups and these high speed collisions and these and these these quick turns and things that can lead to injury, so we we feel like we we have a safer play, and there's no question we have more returns. We're returning over ninety percent of our kicks, and when you look at the NFL, less than forty percent of kick, kickoffs are returned. So uh, it's worked out great so far, and we really like we really like the kickoff rule. Dean Blandino joining us here live on SportsX Radio. Dean, I got the rules up here, and I'm looking at all of these the rule modifications and everything that came out with the XFL. 
based off of everything that you guys have that you're using this year, what percentage of these rules are from the NFL and what percentages are natural XFL rules? And out of the rules, which ones do you feel will alternate and work best in the NFL? Sure. Yeah. The, so our rules, XFL rules, the foundation is NFL rules, professional football. We wanted that to be the foundation of our rules. So, so I would say 85 to 90% of, of the XFL rules are the NFL rules. But then we, we looked at, okay, a couple of tweaks. We have a couple of college rules, right? One foot versus two feet. We wanted to promote offense. We Love wanted, it. you know, highlight, highlight real plays and things like that. So we went with that rule. We do have the college rules as, as they pertain to blocking downfield and, and linemen downfield. And then, and then we've got our unique rules to the XFL, like the kickoff. We've got the three-point try, right? So after mm-hmm. a touchdown, you go for one, you go for two, or you can go for three, and there's no kicks for tries. It's all run or pass. Um, so our timing rules are a little bit different. We're, we're running the clock after a, an incomplete pass or, or a runner out of bounds outside two minutes just to keep the game flowing. And then once we get in the last two minutes, the clocks, the, the, the timing rules look more like what you're used to. Um, and, uh, and, and we feel like those rules, some of the timing rules, I think could translate maybe not to the NFL because I think their, their game is not, you know, typically around three hours and two minutes, three hours, three minutes, but the college game, college games tend to run longer and, and some of the XFL timing rules could be looked at. But again, I think, I think the, the kickoff is probably the biggest one where, where maybe it's too drastic for the NFL, but if they want to keep the return in the game, and reduce the number of injuries, it's definitely a way to go. And, Dean, let me get outside of the officiating for you for a second. And just what are your your and the, the league officials' impressions of how the XFL season has been going so far, fan reception, uh, how the league has actually been run, attendance, and so on? How are you guys feeling about where the XFL is in this new season? Yeah, overall, I think everybody feels good. One of the things that, that really interested in me in getting back involved with the XFL were, were the people. The people, the people behind it, uh, the people that were, were bringing the league back. Um, you obviously, you know, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, they're both incredible. Redbird Capital, um, Jerry Cardinal, these are people that, that know sports and they've been in this, in this space. And also the football people, the people, Russ Brandon, who was the, the president of the Bills for a long time, Doug Whaley, Mark Ross, these are all people that, um, that worked in the NFL for a long time. And, and that was really exciting. And it was going to be real football. It wasn't going to be gimmicky. It wasn't going to be, you know, kind of way out there. And, and I think everybody's happy. Look, through eight weeks, um, the attendance has been good. And in, in St. Louis has been incredible. Um, we've had good attendance in, in, in Arlington and Houston and, and San Antonio. And, you know, Vegas, we've had, you know, some challenges with, with the stadium and making sure that, you know, Cashman Field is not a football stadium, but we've really turned it into something where people can go and enjoy a game. And we want to build on that. And I think the ratings have been good and they've been, and they've been fairly steady. And, and the football, the reception has been great, whether it's social media um, the access, hearing the you know the stories of these players and the and the 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 things that they're doing to keep their dream alive, and that's what the XFL is about. It's a league of opportunities, and uh, I think so far through eight weeks, everybody's really excited, and we're just we're already planning for year two, and, and that's exciting. 
See, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you, okay? I followed this league when it first started back in the day with, with Vince McMahon and all that stuff. And yeah. then now, now where it's at, like you said, the gimmicks, the, you know, the, the sideshows, this, that, whatever. This league is not the XFL anymore. And what I mean by that, it's not what everyone was accustomed and used to. This is a real professional football league now. Even Rod Woodson says it all the time, head coach of the Vipers. We have guys here that need to be in the NFL, guys that don't get yeah. those opportunities that now can get that opportunity to be seen. Not only that, you have a lot of ex-NFL players that still have a lot left in the tank that are trying to get back into the league. So my overall view from covering this team here in Vegas, being able to follow the league, I think the league is in good hands for a very long time. I don't see it going anywhere. And, and the biggest conversation is, are they going to compete with the NFL? I don't think that's what the – I mean, obviously, I'm not in it. You are, Dean. I don't think that the XFL is here to compete against anyone, right? You guys are just here to be your own entity at the end of the day. That's exactly right. This is not this is not a league and a group that wants to compete with the NFL. It's you're not going to compete with the NFL, right? The NFL yeah. is it is what it is, and it's the it's the the most popular sport in 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 North America, and it's the most successful sports organization in North America. So you're not going to compete with them. But what we're trying to do is be a part of that ecosystem, be a part of the NFL ecosystem where we can develop players, we can develop people. And like you said, there's players on XFL rosters that are going to be on NFL rosters. They're going to go to training camp. And some of them are going to make 53-man rosters. That's going to happen because they belong there. And that's what we're about. That's what, you know, we, we want to be in that, same, in that same space and be a part of this football world and, uh, and, and just make dreams come true. And that, that's, that's what I think is, is happening. That's awesome, Dean. Dean, so with the playoff, playoffs and regular season, right, a lot of teams um, and different sports have different rules. Do you have any changes between the regular season and the playoffs? And is there any particular ones that our listeners need to know coming going into the playoffs? Sure, yeah. No, that's a great question. And, and there isn't. One of the things – and I know, like, you know, like you said, different sports do have some things that change during, during the postseason. For us, um, we didn't have anything that we felt we needed to change for the postseason. A lot of times with, you know, with most sports, it's overtime changes, right? Hockey, overtime changes, football, overtime changes in the postseason. For us, it's going to stay the same. All of our rules from the regular season will, will transfer to the postseason and, uh, and we feel like that, you know, keeps the game consistent. You don't have to go learn a whole bunch of new rules or, or, or try to understand something that, that wasn't taking place during the regular season. And we're excited. We're excited about the postseason. We're only a couple of weeks away. And, and, and what's great is that you still have, you still have both, both division titles are up for grabs. And, uh, and we still don't know, you know, I think other than D.C., nobody else has clinched. D.C. and Houston, I think, have clinched uh, playoff spots, but we don't know who's going to have the home field and, and who's going to be in the uh, the other two spots. I'm excited, man. I can't wait for the playoffs to get here. It's right around the corner. Dean Blandino, head of officiating for the XFL. We greatly appreciate you joining us and gracing the mic with us for a little bit and giving us a moment of your time. Let everyone know where they can find you and anything you want people to follow you going on with the XFL. Sure. Yeah. I mean, check out, check out the XFL on Twitter, go to XFL.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and, uh, and yeah, and make sure we got games, you know, ABC, ESPN, ESPN two, 
Um, week nine's coming up, so come check it out. And if you're if you're in any one of our cities, go to a game, and uh, it's such a cool experience. And, and appreciate you guys having me on. Dean, we greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much. You have a great night. Be safe out there and take care of yourself, and we'll definitely talk soon. All right, take care. Dean Blandino, that was a good little conversation there with him. A lot of stuff that we didn't know about the XFL, and it's good to get someone from the inside, right, to talk about that with us and let us know a little bit of the things that we don't get to see on a day-to-day. You can read, you can look it up, but these guys are there hardcore. And I like that, the fact that he basically broke it down to where this isn't all XFL. A lot of these are organically made rules. I'm sorry, they're not all the NFL. They're organically made rules by the XFL, right? But I like the fact that they found a way to partner with the XFL without competing with yep. the XFL. You see what I'm saying? And I think the fact now that we have these rules, they're being used, they're being monitored back and forth between each other, also gives the NFL a platform to monitor and scout players at the same time. Absolutely. And scout players, but also scout the rules. Because, right, like the 4th and 15 uh, that – in the NFL that they were talking about proposing as a rule, it got denied. But now they get to see kind of a similar rule for on-sign kicks with the XFL. So they get to see how it would work if they were to approve it. And I think that's awesome. So, so I'll ask you real quick. Do you think the XFL is here to stay? Absolutely. I think that they've done a really good job with the viewership, and they've kept – uh, viewers engaged and wanting more, right? You know what's crazy? He, he mentioned Cashman and, and, and the the struggles they've had there, right, the, the challenges they've had because it's not a football field. That place has been baseball, football, soccer. It, it, they're using it for everything, right? But if you've been to these games, they're still getting 6,000, 6,500 people there. Cashman sits eight, maybe 9,000 if you pack them in. So that's not bad attendance, in my opinion, for that size of a stadium to have people show up. Now, I've been on the field. I've seen the things that they did, the way they set up the press tower and all that. It's horrendous. Like, with all due respect, it is. Now, the games are good. They're safe. They're making sure the players are good, even though the the field isn't the greatest and all that. But I like what they're doing. The Battle Hawks, St. Louis, averaging 36,000 people per game. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. But it shows you that there is passion where some of these cities were taken away. When the NFL left St. Louis, they left behind a fan base and a stadium just sitting there waiting for someone to take over and play. But we have a lot more to talk about when it comes to football. Obviously, lots of moves being made in the NFL. One of the big ones is OBJ getting paid by the Baltimore Ravens. Is that a good move or a bad move? We'll talk about that when we get back from the break. Jose V, Ian B, Mark Hoke here live on SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. K-Don, we'll be right back. Something magic happens. Every time you go, you make the magic happen. The magic of Orioles baseball when the game is close and the yokes are hot. There's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they got. Come on, guys, you know the words. And you never know who's gonna hear the call. This is where I wish we had a video format of the show right now because 
I would have loved to show you guys Mark Hoke behind the big board and what he's doing. That song was brought to you by Mark Hoke because he is a big Baltimore Orioles fan. And they won. And they won today, and they're That's back at 500, 5-5 five five on the yeah. season. Not, not the best look, but yeah, you guys at least aren't having Wow. But uh, moving on. Wow. Hey, Yankees no, no, are 6-4. No, no, and you, four. No, no. Yankees are 6-4. and four. Yeah, uh, and and you're lucky you're six and four. <laughs> I and I know, and I told you before we came back from the break, we're horrible right now. We should be a lot better than that. But Jose V, Ian B, Mark Hoke here, live on SportsX Radio, one hundred one point five FM on your radio dial. Okay, Don, and of course, if you download the Odyssey app, we are streaming worldwide now. If you guys miss any part of the show or any part of the previous interview we just did with Dean Blandino, you can check it out. Kennel have it archived. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, all that stuff. Just look it up. Ken will retweet it. Follow Ken Thompson at SportsX Radio on Twitter. Make sure you follow myself, Jose underscore Volante, our guy Ian B underscore sports, and, of course, Mark Hoke at Mark Hoke Show. Did I get that correct, Mark? You did. And uh, real I, quick, yeah, how was your show been, last night? The uh, show was great yesterday. Yeah. And, by the way, I see, I see you following my stuff. I, I, I have to show love. That, you know what I mean? We're locals. We're doing our media yeah. stuff. I, media locally has to show each other love. Yeah, but we had a lot of fun yesterday on the show. We were talking, wrapping up WrestleMania. Okay. Um you know, discussing the sale of WWE a little bit. Vince kind of sticking his nose in on Raw. AEW is going to be doing their first stadium show at Wembley. AEW has grown so much, and there and this is their this is their next step. You know, doing a show at Wembley Stadium that's eighty eighty five thousand people. So that's going to be uh, interesting to see. They've they've sold twenty five thousand tickets already on the pre sale. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And and we had Brett the Thread on, by the way, who's a an independent wrestler here on the West Coast and based out of Las Vegas. And uh, he's he was on the show, and uh, he'll be wrestling Friday night. You guys want to go down to the FSW Arena on Harrison Drive and check it out and say hi to Brett the Threat. He might be mean to you, though. And I don't know about you guys, but if you watched wrestling when you were younger and maybe you've basically grown away from it as you've gotten older, it's not a bad thing. I get it. We move on. We switch up things. I was talking to Mark earlier, and I, I mentioned to you, Mark, how – the, the the personas, the people that are there, right? The characters have changed so much. And it's not necessarily, I think, for a bad thing. It's you're going with the new age, right? What the kids want, what they like, what the styles are. We don't have guys like Ultimate Warrior and Papa Chango and uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and the Bushwhack Brother. Like, we don't have these type of individuals now in wrestling, I think. Now, you follow it a lot more. Obviously, you have your show. You do all that. Would you agree with that statement on my end or uh, no? Somewhat. There are a lot of a lot of crazy personalities out there. There are still some characters out there. Not as, maybe not as bad as when Vincent Bruce Pritchard were going crazy in the late 80s and early 90s with, like, Duke the Dumpster Drossy and Bastion Booger and all those guys. But it is... Uh, it, it, it really, to me, is a golden age of wrestling right now. You are seeing amazing athletes getting involved. You know, you look at somebody like Bianca Belair in WWE is the Raw Women's Champion. This is a track star from Tennessee who can do, who could be doing anything she wanted. She is amazing. Uh, and and there's athletes like that all over professional wrestling. Period. Right now, not just WWE, but all elite wrestling as well. And even on the independent scene, it's it is unbelievable to see some of the so much talent out there now, and it's it's a lot of fun, man. It, it's it, it really rekindled my love over the past five years or so to see all this new talent coming in, and it's it's exciting. And I was telling you that I'm thinking about watching it more with my son now and try to start that tradition up again because this is something that you can enjoy without even having to leave your house, what I mean by that, unless you go to an event like we talked about. But if you want to chill with your kid at the house, you can have these on. You could be on the rug, on the floor, playing with him as you're mm -hmm. watching this stuff. 
trying the moves, you know, having fun. Not all of them. Of course. Just, you got to do the I'm safe ones. Just you know saying. I mean? just make sure saying, we're on the couch. Ready. Just make sure we're on the couch. No throwing tables. No hitting <laughs> each other. We, know we, we, we don't promote violence here on the show, but it, it, it's fun, man. I think I'm going to start watching it again. There's nothing wrong with it. I get it. It is scripted, right? It is predetermined, but it's real. These guys get hit. We talked about Logan Paul and the Paul brothers and all that. I saw his last match that when he came out, which is, I believe, at WrestleMania. We're talking yeah. about big old bruise on his chest right here. Mm-hmm. That's real. That, that's 100% real. You can't take it away from these guys. So I hope that WWE continues and it keeps growing. And not just WWE, wrestling in general. Like you said, AEW and all these other circuits that are coming out. It's crazy. But is WWE going to get even bigger now? Oh, boy. Right? We saw the deal that came through. With Endeavor, I believe it's called. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the, the, the the ownership company for the UFC coming in and basically partnering now with Vince McMahon and the WWE, right? Now, if you guys saw the video, the small interview that was done, I posted it on Twitter. I'll retweet it again. Vince is there and the head guy from Endeavor as well. And they're sitting there talking. Vince was ready to call it quits, basically. Sell the business. Give me my money. I'm good. I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Not that he didn't care for wrestling or WWE anymore. He was just ready to move on was basically what he said. But then the guys from the, w, from the, from the UFC are like, no, 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 no. If you're staying, if we buy this, you're staying. I think that was the smartest decision the guys from the UFC could have done. There's no way you can take the WWE without Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has created, in my opinion, the WWE to what it is today. That's why it's E. I get it. It used to be F, but then the foundation came through and made them change their name. But he switched it up. It is entertainment. And it's some of the best entertainment you can find no matter what. And then now you partner it with the UFC, which we've had cross guys. People leave the UFC, go to WWE. I don't think we've seen WWE to UFC, but we've seen guys that and when that leave, go there and come on back to UFC as well. I think the promotional aspect, creating these personas, I think that's what the UFC is looking for, and that's why they brought in Vince McMahon and did this partnership with buying it. Because look at Conor McGregor, the persona that he is. If he was in the WWE, he'd be killing it because of how big that bright star that he is. You see what I'm saying? He brings that to the table. So I think the WWE, I'm sorry, the UFC is looking for a little bit more of that WWE flair when it comes to creating these personas. I'm not sure how you feel about the deal, Mark. You saw it. You saw what went through. Is this good or bad for WWE and the UFC? I think it's good for both. I, I, I think it's a very natural partnership. I think you have two companies that are somewhat in the same realm. You know, it, it would have been, you know, if somebody like, say, Comcast would have bought the WWE, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But Endeavor has a very clear understanding of what WWE is doing. I think the on the other side, I think, you know, people have said over the years Vince McMahon was the millionaire that should have been a billionaire. And now that Vince is. But I think the one thing that's going to happen is UFC is going to be able to sell more advertising. I think that they are terrific in getting sponsorships and things like that. And I was surprised when I heard WWE only has about 20% of their revenue is is sponsorship and advertising. And I'm kind of sitting there saying to myself, that seems low. That seems really low. So I think they're going to bring a lot. I, you know, Vince, yeah. Vince stuck his nose in raw and turned things upside down on Monday night. And it really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. 
So we'll see. I mean, you know, he, he was wrecked in scandal and things like that before he, when he disappeared. So who knows? We'll find out. He definitely he definitely stuck his nose in something, and it looked more like it was a plastic surgeon. But anyway, <laughs> if you guys saw that video, Vince had a lot of work done on his face. <laughs> it's crazy. But, yeah, guys, we got to hit a break. We are in a hard break. I know, Ian, you wanted to talk a little bit about that, but we're not done with this conversation because there was a big UFC event this past weekend, which is going to tie into our conversation here. But Jose V E M B, our guy Mark Hoke behind the big board. We are coming to you live from one. We are coming to you live from one hundred one point five FM here, K Don, Odyssey app, Las Vegas. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Leverers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. We are back. Fun first hour. You're tuning to Sports X Radio live here on 101.5 FM on your radio dial, K Don. And of course, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Download it today. It's completely free. You can listen to us right now. Or Monday through Friday when Ken's doing the show. Same exact thing. Jose V, EMB, Mark Coke up in the studio tonight. Chilling with you guys. Talking some sports. We had our guy Dean Blandino on the show earlier. XFL officiating expert and vice president. That was a good conversation, man. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to that one later to pay a little more attention to a lot of the things that he said. But <laughs> we, we had a conversation here before we went to break. Basically talking about what's going on with the WWE and the UFC and how so much has changed with this deal or how much is going to change. Now, you were mentioning something, Ian, during the break that makes a lot of sense, right, with the fan base on each side, what's going to be different or what is different. You wanted to talk to it with Mark about it. So what is it exactly you were mentioning earlier? So, Mark, I was saying that the fans for the XFL (laughs) – I'm still on that. (laughs) You mentioned Dean uh, Blandino kind of just – Got me back into the XFL, but what I wanted to say was the fans of the um, UFC and WWE, I feel like there's a big gap between the two. And while this partnership might be good for sponsorships and advertising and just in general revenue, 
do you feel there's going to be a cons in the terms of too much crossover between the two sports? No, I I mean, honestly, I, I think there's a pretty decent synergy between the fans of USC and WWE. It's not uh, like 100% crossover or anything like that. But I, but I think it, it all does still fall in kind of a combat sports arena. Uh, in terms of them crossing over, I think where the power is going to come in is, is cross-promotion. Uh, you know, you've seen it every once in a while where, say, The Undertaker will show up a UFC event or Triple H, you know, Vince McMahon's been to some, you know, I, but I, I think it's going to be more. I think you're going to see a lot more people showing up on both sides. And the the one interesting part to me is going to be how much the UFC fighters get involved in UFC now, because we have seen a lot of guys cross over over the years, Dan Severn, Ken Shamrock, and so on. I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of people that have you know, and obviously the big one, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, so it would be it'll be kind of fun to see if any of those guys make moves over for you know one off events and things like that. They'll be, I mean, physically they'll be able to handle it. <laughs> I just hope they learn how to pull punches. You know, that's 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 one of the hardest things to do. By the way, is you pulling know, the punch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you when you see professional wrestlers like Ric Flair, his big training thing on that was he would tie a playing card to a a string and fire his punches and not hit the playing card. Really? Yeah. I mean, guys do stuff like that all the time because I, and that's one thing that always fascinated me about being a professional wrestler was, you know, cause I wrestled. I'm like, how do you stop? (laughs) How do you stop a kick when you fire it? to not hit somebody in the face and knock them out and so on. So it, it'll, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see the Uf, you know, more of the UFC guys coming over and getting involved with that. Like Cain Velasquez was another one too. They're, yeah, you know, Cain, forgot about that guy. Yeah, I mean, there's so that'll be fun. I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of – I think more it'll be appearances by the WWE people in UFC because, you know, it's it's a little harder to go to UFC than to go to WWE. So. Yeah, SCM Punk. SCM Punk. Yeah, SCM Punk. Now, with all due respect, I saw his first fight. For him to go in there against the guy that he went against, and I think he went the distance, did not tap, and did not lose in his first fight, I give him credit. Yeah. You got to give some of these guys credit. I can't jump into an octagon right now. I'll get killed in the first 30 seconds. I'd probably get a knee like from Osvidal and be out cold, you know what I mean, and be done with. But Can we pay to see that? We'll talk about it okay. later. We can do a fundraiser or something right. for charity. Great. You know, we'll make sure that Ian's the one that's kneeing me in the head. You know, might as well <laughs> just do a little fun there. But guys, there was a UFC event this past weekend in Miami. UFC 287 just went down. We had two big fights, three technically, which I'm just going to mention that one towards the end here. But one of the big fights that was this past weekend on Saturday was obviously the George Masvidal versus Gilbert Burns fight. Now, obviously, this was not the main event. This was the co-main event before the main fight, which was Izzy and the rematch and the third time around, technically, for for these two guys against Alex Pereira. But the match between Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal had so many things around it, right? You have Jorge Masvidal possibly being his last fight, which after the fight we saw, he retired, called called it a career. He's at home, right? He's never fought in the UFC in Miami in his career. Talk about pressure. Talk about weight on your shoulders even more. Family, friends, your quote-unquote country, which is all the people from your race backing you from los, los Cubanos, Puerto Ricanos, everybody that was out there, Dominicanos, that are in Miami. You had a lot 
behind you. So in other words, you had a lot of people to disappoint, right? So I think it was harder for him going into this match. He ends up losing. First round looked solid, but then just faded. You could tell Gilbert just had way more. Gilbert's way more technical than he is. He's a better all-around fighter when it comes to mixed martial arts, in my opinion. And if you look at Jorge, he's a brawler. The guy started with Kimbo Slice and street fights. Think about it. No technique, but I'm going to knock you out, and that's pretty much it. That's all he had. Granted, changed it up, did a lot. We saw what he did in the UFC. If I'm being honest... Masvidal was more of a hype man for the UFC to build fights, create fights, and uh, things of that nature. Never won a title. He's got the BMF belt, which is a created belt, which no one ever is going to ever fight for it again, which was cool and fun and all. The Rock gave it to him. You know, he was a part of that and everything. But there's also controversy in this fight. Gilbert Burns came out after the fight basically saying that Jorge Masvidal was greasing up throughout the day. If you guys know what greasing up means, it's an old technique that a lot of fighters use. You wake up in the morning, you put lotion on your body. Three hours later, you do the same thing again. Three hours later, you continue that routine up until fight night. Why? All that gets absorbed in your skin, right? All that stays on you. So as you're sweating, you become ungrabbable, right? But Masvidal even came out and said, I've never been caught for cheating, doping, or anything. It's just your sorry excuse for techniques that just weren't working and you couldn't grapple me. Now, I like what Gilbert did. I'm happy for him. He is moving up, doing more. He is the guy in that division right now that I think needs to fight for a championship. I like Jorge. I like what he did. I like what he brought to the sport because he even gave more eyes to the sport, if we're being honest. Not that it needed any more eyes. It already had them. But he calls it a career. I'm not surprised you lose at home. If you didn't win and you feel you have nothing left, Call it, a, call it a career at home, but what were your thoughts on the fight overall? Did you like the fact that they gave him the co-main event? Was this just a thing to sell tickets because it was in Miami? What do you think? I think they could have gotten a better matchup, to be honest. I I, I like, like you said, I, I like Masvidal, but like the problem is that he's never been a technical fighter, in my opinion, and it just shows. Like some, some guys can get away with it in a sense of that it doesn't show up in the fight, but there are definitely times when he fights more technical uh, fighters that it just, it seems like he's overwhelmed. And I, I've never enjoyed that aspect of his game. So I, it, it was, it was an entertaining fight, but at the end of the day, I, I think that he was way overmatched and it shouldn't have been a co I, I don't think overmatched fights should be main events. Mark, did you watch? Did you watch that fight or catch the event by any chance this Saturday? I unfortunately I did not. But okay. it, yeah, but I did your bet, and I, and I kind of agree with that assessment. That was that was kind of a bad matchup, yeah. to be frank. You know, it was, it was a going away present. That's all it was, more than anything else, and that, and that's okay. You know, but the the whole uh, lotion and up thing, man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a heck of an accusation right there, right? Yeah, especially I mean, right and, after and, the fight. Yeah, man. I mean, why would why would you even do that? You know, that to me just was yeah. So, Whatever, And it's funny because if, if you go back in history, in UFC history, remember GSP? He was accused as well by people saying that he would put Vaseline on his body, which to me is the most craziest comment you can make <laughs> because if anyone knows, Vaseline gets into your pores. What are your pores for? To help you sweat. You put Vaseline in them, nothing will come out. So if he was really doing this, he'd be dehydrated, he'd be out of it. There's no way he would have been the fighter he was. So at the end of the day, I don't know why Gilbert came out and said that. You won the fight regardless. At the end of the day, 
you're the winner, you're victorious, you basically ended Jorge's career now in his home in his hometown. I'm okay with it, but you don't have to come out and kind, say kind of a strange accusation right? for a victor. Like, Correct. Like, like if you, like, lost, like if you lost it, it like Close I could decision. maybe understand, yeah. but to like win the fight in the fashion that he won it to, and then I don't know, and convincingly, it, yeah, convincingly, convincingly, like he won, so yeah. it was. I felt like it was distasteful, but. That's just maybe you put some icy hot in his cup or something like that <laughs> some in the, before the uh, before the match. You know, maybe that's why he was so bitter and mean. Oh my god! Once again, Jose V, EMB, Mark Hoke here on SportsX Radio one hundred one point five FM. K Don streaming live on the Odyssey app as well. Sitting in for Ken Thompson, he's taking the night off tonight. But look, there's also another fight, the main fight, right? The one that everyone's been waiting for, which. I was excited for this fight. I'm not going to lie. I had the opposite side in this fight, guys. I had Alex Pereira winning this fight. But as we were leading up to the fight, minutes, hours, whatever you want to call it, I'm sitting there watching these fights, the pre-fights before it, looking things up, watching videos, checking things out about Alex. And as I sit there, I'm sitting there going more. Maybe he did get lucky in that first fight in the UFC. This wasn't kickboxing. It's a completely different style of mixed martial arts that we're doing in, in the UFC, right, that he came from. If you look at the first round, a lot of people said, well, if Izzy had three more seconds, he would have knocked him out in the first fight and probably won the fight. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It didn't happen. It is what it is. He faded down the end. Alex had more power, caught him, beat him, right? As I'm sitting there getting ready for this fight, I'm going, is this really going to happen again? Is, is Izzy really going to let this guy come in here and disrespect him and embarrass him one more time and not allow him to get that belt back. Obviously, we saw what happened. Knocked him out with a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful punch. And not only that, played possum. Mm -hmm. Played possum. Bro, I got up out of my chair, and so did my wife, and we're yelling, that's it, he's going to get knocked out. And then what happens? Boom, boom, game over. I could not, bro, I was shocked. That was probably one of the greatest knockouts I've seen in a while. I'm not going to say ever because there's been some crazy he, ones. He definitely lured him into that. 100%. 100%. It, it's interesting because the first fight, I was very shocked that Alex knocked him out. Okay. Like, I, I went into that fight really thinking that Izzy was just going to take care of business mm -hmm. because up to that fight, he looked unstoppable. We didn't really even question whether or not he could, in that weight class, that Anyone could beat him because he was just so good, and he still is that good. And not only that, a lot of people don't talk about this. He went up in weight and lost, came back down, and still considered, still kept dominating. Exactly. And, and that's what I'm saying is that maybe not as just overall fighter can jump weight classes, but as a middleweight fighter, he is one of the best I've ever seen. And I think that that the motivation of maybe – humiliation because he did feel like he had a boulder on his shoulder after oh, yeah, that fight 100%. like he felt humiliated i mean the you had the kid doing the little taunt at the ring yeah. and whether or not you can go into that little controversy of whether the kid should have done it whether izzy should have reacted the way he did but i think he faces demons and finally got that win and i think he's going to continue dominating honestly Mark, where, 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 where do we put Izzy if we have to when it comes to the UFC? Uh, just top, let's say, where do you rank him as an all-time fighter in the UFC? Oh, he's up there, but mm. boy, that's tough. 
I mean, uh, think about it. Aside from the loss to Pereira, he was undefeated in his weight class. Yeah, he, he was, di- and I, I believe he He's, had he had like seven or eight title defenses in like three or four, some crazy astronomical. Yeah, number. I mean, yeah. definitely one of the best of all time. You know, I don't, hmm, boy, that would be tough. I'd really, like where do you put him? Right? I, like, yeah, I really need to see a list to see where I'd. There's slide been him so in there, many. But, I mean, we've talked about it. It's, uh, there's so many amazing UFC fires throughout history. So it, it's. I, I agree with Mark. It's very hard to place anyone really on what their skill level was, right? So maybe not the best, but definitely all-time great in my opinion. One thing I need to do, though, fellas, I know it has nothing to do with the UFC, but I got to get this done before we forget. Very good friend of ours, obviously, and of our show that we do on the side here, Straight Bet Sports. Good friend, and of course, he's from here from Las Vegas. Coach Mike Davis, head coach and general manager of the Vegas Nighthawks, him and his wife, Renee, just had their baby in Canada last weekend. Big shout-out and congratulations to them. Baby Rhodes, Thomas, Daniel Davis, welcome to the world. Can't wait to meet you. They're not in Vegas yet. They'll be here soon. But congratulations to the new family, the mom and dad. Mike Davis and his wife, Renee, congrats. Can't wait to see you guys and meet that beautiful hey. baby. Appreciate everything you have done for us, my guy, since you've been in Vegas. You are just amazing. And I met his wife as well. She is super sweet, super awesome. So great people there. Couldn't happen to a better couple, man. I'm so happy for them, their first child. That's awesome. I have four kids, so you guys know how it is. I love I love being a father. It brings a whole another aspect to your world. But Called torture. Eh, torture, <laughs> no, happiness, kidding. and all no, kinds I'm of kidding. different ways. Now, the other thing that was left out of here, okay, about this night when it came to the UFC 287 was a guy that took a lot of the headlines away from the main event, away from Jorge Masvidal fighting at home. And that was Raul Rosas Jr., the young 18-year-old Mexican kid that has been making noise in the UFC, right? He won his first official fight after winning, I believe it was the Contender Series, to continue and to go in here. He gets a pay-per-view card, his first one in his second fight. A lot of people were saying, who is this kid? He doesn't deserve that. I put in more work, but now I get what the business is about. It's about who's going to give you the pay-per-views, who's going to sell, who's got the fan base, right? What does Raul Rosas come out and say? Well, maybe you guys got to take some notes because I'm doing something right. Maybe he's got to take some notes because after that fight, he looked absolutely horrible. He even came out and said, my bad, bros. I didn't have the energy to do what I know or even try. Things happen for a reason, and God knows my opponent was better tonight. Thank you, guys. What really happened, though? Were you not prepared? Were you not ready? Or was it just a, a, a case in point where you were put in a scenario to sell tickets knowing that you weren't ready, but Papa Dana came in and said, hey, you, you, you got to take this. It's good for you. So I guarantee you this kid got paid and probably got paid more than other fighters have gotten paid in their career leading up to this. But I'm not mad at it. I'm okay with it. I'm happy that Dana White did something like this because if it didn't happen, something would be wrong and it would not be Dana White because Dana White is always about putting that money in his pocket, putting that money in his partner's pockets. And if you think about it, no one has done it better for a while than the UFC has. Look what the UFC did during the pandemic. Absolutely murdered it when you had entities like Top Rank trying to put together any type of fights they could on ESPN and ESPN Plus when no one was watching it. ESPN could put together eight fights, even ten fights on a card with guys you've never heard of at the apex with no fans, and people were still tuning in record numbers during the pandemic. So at the end of the day, 
I'm not surprised that he did this. I'm not against the move whatsoever. I think it's great for the young man. If anything, he's going to take it on the chin and probably learn from it. We've seen his fights. He's very talented, and I don't think that this is a bad thing for him. Mark, do we got to go to another commercial break, or we still got some time here before we finish up? Uh, we could uh, take a break. All right. Well, once again, Jose V-E-N-B, Mark Hoke. We are here live filling in for Ken Thompson on 101.5 FM. K-Don, the Odyssey app, live sports X radio from Las Vegas. We will be right back. We are back. Jose VEMB, producer Mark Hope, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. 101.5 FM, K-Don. Sportex Radio, we're filling in for Ken Thompson. He's taking the night off tonight. Had a good hour one, man. We're pretty much almost done with the show here. Got a little bit of my 30 more minutes, maybe a little bit less. But we greatly appreciate you guys tuning in tonight, wherever it is you may be. I know I got family in California listening to us right now on the Odyssey app. We greatly appreciate you guys. Primo, Eddie, and everybody else, you guys know who you are. And everybody else here in Las Vegas that has been hitting me up, tuning in, chiming in. We greatly appreciate you. Our guy, Chris Wynn, he's a regular here on SportsX Radio, been bugging us all night it, through, the Twitter, through the feed I, over here, can right? I, can I throw something out on Chris Wynn's yeah. texting? Uh-oh, what we got? Does he realize we have a show to do <laughs> ever? I, 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 he does radio. So, you know so, what I'm going to do? The next time Chris is doing a show <laughs> somewhere <laughs> else, I am going to set my phone to, like, send videos and puppies and you know <laughs> just whatever that could possibly distract Chris Wynn. Maybe maybe some Bugs Bunny cartoons. I don't know. I'll figure something out. Chris, I, I, I asked you I, I asked you to join us, my man. And, and I mean <sighs> I mean I guess you decided to join us after all just in your own way, right? Through the text messages. But he's gonna text me now. Oh uh, he's probably he's probably already sending you a direct message. Not even trying he's trying to get away from the group message and everything. But we we, we, we did <laughs> jump away from a little bit that was on the NFL side that we wanted to talk about. OBJ, guys. OBJ got that big Have contract. We definitely want to talk about this. I got some thoughts on that. I'm going to go ahead and, and basically blab off like Ian says that sometimes I go off a little bit. And then I'll get your thoughts, guys, at the same time. See, I just got a message from Quiz. Look, literally, what, what, let's see. he says, what's kind of wild is if C.J. Stroud slips into the third round, guys, word on the street is what? the Raiders will make a move up and try snagging him or Levi's, even with Jimmy G. And what's crazy is we haven't even talked to NFL yet, and he's already – Chris, Does he you mean here? the third pick? I Chris, would assume. Chris, are you right? here in the studio? Like, where are you? It, he has understand. to be talking about the third pick. There's got to no be third pick. Pick. But before we get into that <laughs> and what Chris is sending us, Ian, we were talking about it earlier today. Obviously, it's it's all over the place, right? Odell finally finds a home. In my opinion, not necessarily the best home for him. Not saying Baltimore isn't a great team, but if you're Odell Beckham and you're honestly trying to win and win now, is Baltimore really that team? You and I talked about this before the show, before we started, and I mentioned that the fact that if you would have went out there and got Darius Slay, which was the guy that they should have went after, after one of your guys, Ian, on your squad, on that defensive coaching side of the ball, dipped out and went to Baltimore. Denard Wilson, yeah. How do you not go after Darius Slay? Now, now I, I get it. Maybe it wasn't the right fit money-wise, financially, whatever it may be, or they just thought it wasn't the right fit. But you have a scenario with Lamar Jackson where you don't want to pay the kid. But statistically, numbers, everything that's out there, he's worth every dollar he's asking for, if I'm going to say. Now, you franchise tag him. You give him a non-exclusive franchise tag, which means any team can come in and offer him the contract they want. Baltimore can match, but if they don't want to, they can say, there's your contract, you want it, buy him out. 
Now, you sign a guy in Odell Beckham that's never played a down in his career for you, but you guarantee him $15 million. Sorry. No, you're fine. That's a good I'm okay with it. But what type of message are you sending to Lamar Jackson at this point? I don't want to pay you. I'm going to bring in this guy to make you happy. I think at the end of the day, this is just a shot in the dark. They're trying to figure this out and hope that something sticks. You know what I mean? They honestly feel that Odell is going to be that guy. How many surgeries has he had on that ACL or uh, ACL? That was his second in three years. I get it. You're a chip. You're a champion. You got it with LA. I totally get that. But what are you really going to bring to Baltimore? Baltimore's never paid receivers. If you go back through their history, they rarely ever pay guys. We talked about it. Michael Crabtree was the last guy that got paid by them. Anquan Bolden was there and didn't even get paid that much. And Anquan Bolden's a Hall of Famer or going to be a Hall of Famer. So what type of message in your eyes does this send to Lamar Jackson? I think it sends a negative message. Again, I'm not Lamar. I'm not behind closed doors. I don't make that decision for him. I'm not speaking for him. But if I'm Lamar sitting there, I'm absolutely mad. I'm just going crazy. Am I happy for Odell? Are we buddies? Are we partners? Yes, I got nothing against the guy. But the fact that you don't want to pay me and you're going to pay a guy guaranteed money not knowing what he's actually going to bring physically to the table is a slap in the face to me. Yeah, honestly, the move doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, especially with paying a guy that you're not sure of how he's going to fit into that offense or who your quarterback even is going to be at the start of the year. $15 million is a lot fully guaranteed, and it's $13 million signing bonus. So Odell got paid. The, I think it kind of was, like you said, a shot at Lamar, but also in a sense like saying we kind of still want you here. It, I don't know. It's kind of a weird move because you're saying we are willing to give a fully guaranteed contract. It's just not going to be the fully guaranteed contract that you want, right? And – I, if, if I'm Lamar, I'm pissed. I, I'm going to be talking even more extensively to all these teams trying to get someone to give an offer sheet. And I think this is going to come down to draft day, to be honest. I, I think that we're going to see if someone's going to give him an offer sheet, it's going to be very, very close to the draft or on draft night. Basically saying, hey, we're willing to trade these picks if the quarterbacks doesn't fall our way. There's a lot of quarterback needy teams that are in a competition to get one of these top tier guys in the draft, and it's going to be a bloodbath, I think. What do you think, Mark? Good move, bad move? You know, you ever have that girlfriend? Oh, man. That, that, that treat, you know, you, you really like her at the start, and then she starts treating you real bad. You know, and you're just like, you're trying so hard to make it work. And then you just have enough, you know, you just had enough. And you're, you say to her, you know what? I can't do this anymore. You're a psychopath. You need to go away. <laughs> but then she says, oh my gosh, I'm I, I missed. I'm sorry. I didn't know I was so bad to you. And, oh, and then God. she's nice to you for a week, you know, and you kind of fall for it. That's how this sounds to me. God, gotta get you, we're going to get you a receiver. We got, we got to do something. So what do you, oh, wait, 
hey, OBJ's out there. Let's throw $15 million at him. And look, look, Lamar, look what I got for you. After all this time, I got you the gift you wanted. I got you OBJ. <laughs> and the th- Stay, baby, stay. The, the, the crazy, and it's not. And, and this is like this is like a broken toy. Yeah, you know, it it looks shiny and nice. They buffed it all up. They sent it to the to the Santa shop to get refurbished. You know, powder coated and everything. Yeah, you know, it looks fantastic. <laughs> but at the end of the day, one is a dumb contract, and two, it's not going to work. You know what's crazy too, man? Fifteen million guaranteed, right? The highest contract that was being reported out there that was even being offered to him was anywhere from eight, no more than nine mil. So my question is, who the hell was Baltimore competing with to try to get Odell Beckham? Because Lamar Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> Bingo. Thank you. But you were going to say something. Ian. I, I was. Didn't, isn't this coming like two, three weeks after their owner basically said that? It's hard to pay a wide receiver when you have a quarterback, franchise quarterback, and that that's the reason why they've been 32 in spending in the wide receiver department all five years. Lamar's been there. So they've been number one at the bottom? They, they've been at the bottom, <laughs> yeah. Like, they have not spent at all yeah. for a wide receiver. They have not used resources, really, outside of Rashad Bateman for <laughs> – so, uh, psycho receiver. girlfriend. Psycho, psycho so, girlfriend. And, and last year they traded away Marquise Brown, and when he's healthy, in my mind, he's better right now than Odell is. I, I would agree with that. Actually, I I think that's a very fair assessment. I mean, in, I mean, if look, if Odell's healed up, he's going to be helpful. But you know, is he's he of one number one? No. He's going to be the number one on that team. Well, he will be because there's, there's no, no wide receivers there. I mean, I would be the number two guy on that team after I trained. Probably. Well, I should I mean, say that. They, I, they I don't want to denigrate the They still the do have Rashad Bateman. Like they, yeah, like, we'll see. And Bate, I, I still have a lot of faith in Bateman. I like Bateman a lot. But they're so not look, spending, and then when they do spend, they overpay. So I want the kid from Gallaudet in the replacements. That's who I want. Who? You know the 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 deaf guy in the replacements. You ever oh, seen the movie? Oh my god! Okay, I was like, what? Yeah, what he should be. The, he should be the number two. <laughs> so look, I don't. I don't want to harp sorry. on this. I don't want to harp on this too long because we got to get into some NBA conversations as well with a lot going on with the playoffs right around the corner. But look, I'll say this final thing when it comes to Lamar: the fact that he got a non-exclusive franchise tag, and yet not one offer has been given to him. With all due respect, that shows you what the NFL and every single exec of every single team thinks of him. They don't think he's worth the money. Guys. I don't think he is either. I, I think you're, you know, he's one of those guys that he, he had to run way too much. He's it, it, if he's healthy. Yeah. But the question is, do you want to build your team around a guy that you're not sure? Because if you're going to commit that kind of the, the years and the money and something happens, and and you're you know and, and it's iffy at best. Yeah, you know you, you're you're going to kill your franchise for the next four or five years. I think he is worth a top level contract. I don't think he is worth a record setting contract. I, I, I think that's what he's looking for. And, yeah. and look again, I know I don't want to keep harping on this, and we got to move on. But my my thing is here, and dude, I sound like a broken record because you've heard me say this, Ian, and I say it over and over and over again. We need to stop paying so many guys participation trophy money. And what I mean by that 
Josh Allen does not deserve to get the contract he got. Other guys that are getting paid ridiculous amounts of money don't deserve it. They've done nothing. Look what Christian Kirk got paid. What has he done? Absolutely well, nothing. He's, he's pretty, pretty good. No, still has not done anything in his career to garner that contract is what I'm saying leading up to that. I understand Josh Allen is a talent. But if you look at Josh Allen, if he doesn't have a running game, he sucks. If he doesn't have a defense, Ooh. he sucks. And it's wow. all been pro- it's been proven. Look at his career Ooh. numbers. The guy is a statistical quarterback that stats are padded. Anyone can look good when you're throwing the ball like crazy because you don't have a run game, a la Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk I, Cousins played in Washington when they yeah. were losing every single game and they abandoned the run. And what happened? He was breaking freaking Washington records and this and that. Padded numbers, guys. Man. Too many guys are getting paid that do not deserve well, this type of money. Man, but how, how did this turn into a Josh Allen diss track? I'm just wow, saying. Was, I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, it's like, like between, between you and me, we lit the studio on fire. No, but but to your point on that though, the the it's not necessarily with the player. It's with the GM yeah. that makes the bad deal. When Christian Kirk got that contract from Jacksonville, everybody was just shaking their heads saying, what are you doing? And it wasn't just because, you know, that it was questionable. It was because now you blew the market out for the rest of us, you moron. And, and, I, and, it, and it hurt everybody else. It hurt everybody else. Because you remember when Kirk got signed, it was early in the process. Early. So it set the pace for guys that it had much bar, better yeah. stats that said, well, if he's getting this, I should be getting this. And the GMs are all sitting there saying to myself, we hate you, Jacksonville. So here, here, here's the thing, Mark, and then we can move on from that. The reason, and I, I'm glad you said that about the GMs, but I don't necessarily put it on the GMs. I do think the GMs have, a, have to have a little bit more backbone. But these freaking agents nowadays have – they're basically strong-arming <laughs> these teams, and they figured it out. But we got to move on. We got to talk about the association. Obviously, we got a lot going on. Playing games start tomorrow. Should we take a break, Mark, and then yeah, come well, on we'll back? Yeah, we'll take a break and then And then we'll, we can uh, basically start that up. Now, once yeah. again, thank you guys for tuning in. Jose VEMB, Mark Hoke, Sportex Radio, 101.5 FM. K Don, Odyssey at. We'll be right back. That's how we come back from a commercial break. Jose VEMB, Mark Hope, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. You are tuning to Sports Sex Radio live here on 101.5 FM, K Don, and streaming live on the Odyssey app worldwide, wherever it is you want to listen to. We greatly appreciate you for gracing us and giving us a moment of your time tonight. Two hour show, a lot to talk about. We're almost done. We got to get into the association, though, guys. Playoffs are right around the corner, Ian. I know you're happy because your team is already in the playoffs. You don't have to worry about the playing game like my team, the Los Angeles Lakers. But before we get into the playoff scenarios and what's already set, right, because we have teams that are already there, let's talk about the playing tomorrow. You have Miami playing Atlanta in the East for the 7-8 matchup, and then you have the Lakers taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves at home in the 7-8 matchup. Now, I want to start with that one. Lakers automatically lock them in. They win this game. The reason I say that, not because I'm a homer, Minnesota getting hurt with Rudy Gobert. The one-game suspension just came out today for his antics. Ridiculous. Why would you do that at this time of the season when you know they need you? And then their other player hurting his hand. 
out now. So two of your best defenders are not playing. Two of your best players are not playing. I'm sorry. The Lakers, they take the seven spot. I'm with it. Miami, Atlanta, I think Miami gets hot. I know a lot of people are with Trey and what he's doing in Atlanta. I just think Miami is the right team right now, especially with Spolster. What do you think? I think that the Heat are a better team all around. And I, I think that they've struggled at times uh, throughout the year. But I think that they have more offensive efficiency than the Hawks do. Um, I agree with you with the Lakers and the Timberwolves. I think the Lakers easily take this with Go, uh, Gobert being out. I can't believe that even happened. Like that, that whole situation is something that it kind of defeats that whole brotherhood, right, of mm-hmm. a team like – how are you going to punch your own teammate, especially when uh, – didn't he have a suspension? Bro, not only that, on the court, on the bench, like on live TV during the game. Like what are we doing here? And like not only that, remember, you're the, you're, you're the quote-unquote smart guy that decided to play around during COVID and touch microphones, and because of you, your relationship with Donovan Mitchell went by. And th- this is his second like incident, like aggressive incident, no? I believe so. I have to look up the first one, but he's just had issues when it comes to stuff like that, man. I don't understand how you can't control your emotions. It's your teammate. You want to talk trash. You want to get in his face. By all means, that's part of the game. We saw Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, the greats do it for years. But did they ever put their hands on their players? No, you don't do that. We saw what happened with Golden State, Draymond Green, and all that last year as well with Jordan Poole. Those are things that happen in-house that's completely different. But still, you don't put your hands on a teammate. You don't. If that's what you want to do, take your butt to the UFC, go somewhere else, go fight, go do street fighting, do something else. Don't bring that here when you're trying to compete to get into this playoff game. Now, the scenarios are weird because if the Lakers win that game, right, they're locked into the number seven seed, which they're going to play the Memphis Grizzlies, which is the number two seed because it's one, eight, two, seven, things of that nature. Now, I'll be honest with you. To me, the West is completely open. I don't see one team that I can say can win it all. In the West. I'm not saying the championship overall, but win the West. You look at Memphis. I don't think Memphis is ready. They're not seasoned yet. Dylan Brooks is going to take a backseat like he does all the time in clutch, and he's not going to show up. John Morant's not going to give you enough. He can't be the main guy that's going to do everything for you. I don't see Memphis. And I think Memphis isn't that seasoned. They're not just that ready to make a long run. Call me crazy. I'm not an NBA expert. That's just from what I'm seeing. When it comes to Denver, I'm still not sold on the Denver Nuggets. I obviously like them. We know what they're doing. Number one overall seed and things of that nature. I don't see it. I can see them getting far, but I'm not afraid of them if I'm a Laker fan. Sacramento, Golden State. Golden State will win that series easy. Sacramento is not built for the playoffs. It's nice to see them back. Don't get me wrong, but I could care less of what they're going to do. I think Golden State wins this. The sixth seed means nothing to me, even though Sacramento does have the three seed. Look at the odds, guys. Warriors are minus 265 to win this series. And they're a six seed, okay? So think about that. That just tells you what the odds makers and everyone else thinks. Now, the big series that everyone's talking about in the West, Phoenix taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Is Paul George going to come back? What's his health going to be like? What are we going to see from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? Not only that, Chris Paul, his jello knees and ankles, how long will they last in these playoffs? I think on the Western side, this is probably the best matchup all the way around if we get these healthy players. Suns coming in as a minus 500 favorite through Caesars to win this outright. First game is in Phoenix, so we'll see how that goes. It's going to be fun, man. I think that's the best series. What do you think so far on the west side? Is there any one series that you've looked at already, or are you waiting for those playing games to be done? 
I'm waiting for the play-in games. There's a couple of teams that I'm very interested in, but I I think this on the West side is going to be very matchup based. Uh, who goes through? And uh, I I love what the Kings have done, and I think that they are a definite kind of sleeper team. Like a lot of people don't think they're going to go just because they don't necessarily have a recent history mm-hmm. of it. But I do think they are a very very good team. Uh, and then Clippers, I, I think that uh, since they have gotten uh, Westbrook, that they have actually cohesively been playing uh, basketball. It's worked for Westbrook. If you see the way he's played there, they're Absolutely. using him the way that they know they can. The camaraderie between him and his players has worked. Not only that, the L.A. fans, not saying Laker fans, the L.A. fans have switched their tone up a bit when it comes to Russell. He's being shown a lot more respect, which is good. Now, on Wednesday, we move in to the other playing games, the final ones, right? We have Chicago going on the road to take on Toronto in the 7-8. I'm sorry, the 9-10 matchup. That's up in the air. I'm sorry. I have no, no thoughts on that game whatsoever. Honestly, I could care less. I like the Oklahoma City-New Orleans matchup. In this game, I want to see OKC in the playoffs because Zion is out. Zion's not going to do anything. He's not going to play in this series. I want to see what what, what is uh, um um uh, get, get, was the the leading scorer in the NBA that plays for Oklahoma City. I'm freaking spacing out. Um, I want to see what they can do. I want to see how far they can actually go and what type of noise they can make. Now, for those of you that don't know the way the playing tournament wins, seven and eight play one game. The winner of that game automatically gets the seventh seed. The loser of that game plays the winner of the 9-10 matchup. Therefore, the winner of that game ends up being the 8th seed overall. I know it's complicated, it's crazy, but it really isn't that hard. I like this new format because now you're making the bottom feeders, and what I mean by that, the teams at the very bottom fight for something. It means more to get. You're giving more guys opportunity, and it's not just these guys sitting out, load management, doing all this stuff that we've seen, like we saw in the Dallas Mavericks for the other night. You have a team in Dallas which ends up losing that game. Does not play, I believe, Luka nor Kyrie. Luka played for a quarter. There you go. And then they sat him. And then what happens? Oh, we now have secured a protected top 10 draft pick. Hopefully. So what does the NBA do? Now they're investigating. Did they tank? Did they do it purposely? I say yes, 100%. They literally knew we have an opportunity of possibly keeping Kyrie if we can convince him to sign and stay, pair him with Luka, and then we got a top 10 draft pick that not only can we use to draft someone, but maybe even use as trade bait and get somebody else in here. That's exactly what Dallas did. If the investigation proves that that is indeed what happened, I think that Silver is going to take a approach that is drastic. And the reason why I say that is because it's well known that he wasn't a fan of the process in mm-hmm. Philly, right? But he didn't necessarily do too much to address it. Yeah. And I think this would be his, I'm going to stand on this hill and die on it type of situation. And we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I don't necessarily even think, though, that Kyrie and Luca are a good fit long term. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I don't think the Pelicans or the Thunder are ready, though. Mark, yeah. What do you think? Well, the whole Dallas thing—they obviously tanked that game. Hundred percent. I mean, come on. We—I mean, it wasn't just do we end up extending our season, but you know, the draft pick was huge. They didn't want to lose it. Say, so, but but what what are they? What's Adam Silver going to do? 
I mean, this is a guy that says, oh, we, we're going to have the bench guys first in the All-Star selection because we don't want to make pick last. And somebody made a decision on it, and, they, and I'm sure they did it as a group and said, you know what? This isn't worth it. You know, we're, we're beat up. We're not playing well. Why should we burn this draft pick? It's stupid, you know? So what's Adam Silver going to do? I mean, he watched my Sixers tank for years and did nothing. What is it just is it just because it's Mark Cuban? Whatever. So that that's dumb. But but in terms of the the matchups, uh, you know, in the West, you know, I I'm not going to discount the Kings. I'm going to tell you what that's a great great young team okay. that I think people have just not looked at because they haven't been there and and they're young. But I think they're going to give the Warriors a little bit of a run. I I would still pick them, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as everybody's making it out to be. This is the factor, Mr. Potato Head. That's going to be the factor, their head coach. Their head coach, to me, is not a head coach. He did great this year. Give him credit, 100%. I'm shocked. De'Aaron yeah. Fox and everything that they've done with that team, great. I've said it before. The Lakers should have drafted De'Aaron Fox instead of Lonzo Ball. We'd be having a whole different conversation. I want the Sixers now. to draft him, too. There you go. You wanted your team to get him, too. But Dallas tanked. You were still in playoff contention before losing that game. It's obvious, and I look at it this way. You mentioned Kyrie and Luka not being those partners that can work together. I don't think Luka's the problem. I think no matter moving forward for the rest of his career, however long that may be, I don't care where Kyrie goes. I don't think he's a good fit with anyone now. He's, he's already proven agree. that. He, you had a, a, a dominant all-star team when you first went to Brooklyn, but you didn't figure it out. I mean – at the end of the day, I don't think Kyrie is that guy. He's a great player. He's a great talent, but I don't think he's going to last, and I don't see him with Dallas next year. Now, we got to move on to the NHL. we got a couple more minutes here. Obviously, Golden Knights playing tomorrow against the Seattle Kraken at T-Mobile Arena. I'll be live in attendance there. Golden Knights, number one in the West right now. Obviously, though, things can switch there, right, because I believe um, Edmonton is right below them. They're right there. They've been fighting all season, but the biggest thing is, the Golden Knights have had an issue playing against Western Conference teams, but going to the East, it's been okay to beat these teams, right? So I'm curious to see how far they can actually go. But one thing that has been crazy, the Golden Knights have used multiple goalies, I believe, for this season. I asked Bruce Cassidy last week after the game, and they've had the luxury. Not too many teams have, but he even said, long as we protect the front of the net and we do the things we have to do, we don't have to worry about who's at net. We can still control and win these games. I think they win tomorrow. I think they solidify that number one overall spot. They're having a great season. We saw what they didn't do last year with Pete DeBoer. And then now Bruce comes in in his first year. Unbelievable. I like it. Real quick, one minute, what do you got? How do you like what the Knights have done this year? I really like what they have. I mean, we started talking about it at the beginning of the year, right? It was a long season. They started off kind of shaky. But we said that cohesively as a unit – they played really well, yeah. and I think that's going to be a contributing fa- factor coming into the playoffs is that they are one team that's on top of the game, but they also have faced a lot of ad- um, adversity throughout the season. And the fact that they don't, like you said, they don't necessarily need a goalie, I think is good. Like, because, And they just signed another goalie to a three-year entry-level contract. And, and, and <laughs> like, it's not saying that they don't have the talent at goalie. It's just that. They don't need a solidified guy. And 
I, I think it's going to be tough for other teams to deal with a team that's playing that cohesive. I think the Golden Knights will be good. If you guys are here in Vegas, go ahead and catch them tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena. 7 p.m. puck drop. Vegas taking on the Seattle Kraken. The last two expansion teams into the NFL playing each other to end the season. That's pretty cool. But, Ian, we got to get going, my man. Let everyone know your tags and where they can find you on all things social media. Uh, Ian Bradford on Facebook. Ian B underscore sports on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, follow us and uh, follow Jose and make sure that you are uh, conversing with us because we like talking back. Mark, let them know what they can find you, my man. Everywhere. I'm I'm just a radio god. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, the, uh, Twitter, Mark Hoke Show. Facebook, The Mark Hoke Show. Uh, YouTube, The Mark Hoke Show. Website, MarkHokeShow.com. Mark Hoke uh, Show everything. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of how you're supposed to do it, I think. There you go. Mark Hoke Show, right. But uh, podcasts are up. MarkHokeShow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. Just got yesterday's show up this afternoon, so make sure you check that out. Love it, love it. Mark, we greatly appreciate you doing what you do for us tonight and every single night when we're in the studio, my man. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate that. I'm going to end it with this, man. Jose underscore Volonte, Straight Bet Sports on all social media and audio video platforms. You can catch all of our previous episodes. What I mean by our is me and Ian's from Straight Bet Sports with the previous stuff we've had. I'm still doing a lot of the Straight Bet Sports individual interviews and shows from time to time when Ian's not with me. We're currently working on getting St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback A.J. McCarron on the show. He was hurt, so we weren't able to get him on tonight. Not only that, Chaos Williams, UFC welterweight, will be fighting in a couple months here coming up in New Newark, New Jersey. We're going to have him on the show as well. For Ken Thompson, Mark Hoke, Jose V., Ian Bradford, our guest of the evening, Dean Blandino of the XFL. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in to SportsX Radio 101.5 FM. K-Don, till next week, till tomorrow, whenever you hear us again, we are out. Peace.